Welcome to a visiting edition of the Dusty Road. We're off on location. This town is called Grubhaven. And we've sent Robert and Paula Dixon off on vacation while her son stays home. Yeah, Henry is staying here in the village. Robert and Paula Dixon visited a timeshare. They rented it for a month to see if they want to move to this new village. Sorry, we're having a bit of cough today. Given that we have a bit of frost in winter in fall this year, and the temperature has been about 40 degrees, good enough to have a refrigerator on the back porch. You don't have to put any electricity out there. It's just cold enough already. So put the pies outside to cool. Let the meat thaw out. Grubhaven seems to have a German nature to it. A lot of the folks here are blonde and brown-haired with a few others mixed in. The population is about 2,000 and very few of them have any kind of ethnic identity. The Wikipedia particle uh, page would probably say about three people of colored ancestry and the other 1,997 are one race. I wonder which one that is. The town is called Grubhaven. They have a lot of pastel paints and white trim on their houses. It looks very much like gingerbread houses and there's some kind of brown wood shingles on the roofs. It is fun to see how this place runs. During Christmas season they like to run horses instead of cars on the streets and they often put down gravel Apparently gravel streets and snow are nice for the villagers and the horses. So Grubhaven likes to put down gravel on top of the asphalt and then sweep it up in the springtime. They don't have a river nearby. Instead, they have a forested hill behind them. And it was reported that the children used to go up there and play, except nowadays the neighborhood covenant has placed a barbed wire fence next to the hill. And... The Neighborhood Covenant says no children are allowed to play in the forest ever. Now, Robert and Paula both asked, what's this rule about? But they were told the German woman does not allow us to discuss it. No one is to do that. So, Robert and Paula promised to obey the rules. They signed the Neighborhood Covenant, and then they went to their house. They find out there's exactly two maple trees, no more, no pines, no cedars. All the mailboxes must be white paint in exactly the same construction. And they have exactly one white plastic fence next to the sidewalk. They're not allowed to have any other decorations or anything else. And they also have a rule that says no swimming pools, no bird feeders, nothing. So Robert asked, what are we supposed to do with our houses and our lawns? And the neighborhood covenant politely told him, why not just go inside and watch TV? So Robert and Paula Dixon went over to their house and stepped inside. Paula said, do you really think this is a good place for Henry? Do you want to live here? Robert says, let's at least try it for a month. We might find out some more things. Paula said, okay, rolled her eyes. Robert 
decided to walk around the neighborhood and inquire about local businesses, only to find door after door slammed in his face and people refusing to talk to him. He caught one woman outside and said, Do you have time? She said, No, and ran back to her house real quick. Apparently the locals are very nicely dressed and very clean outside, but not very friendly. What was strange was Robert saw absolutely no children anywhere in the neighborhood. And they went to looking at different cars, only to find all the cars are all Hondas and all within recent model years. And when asked about this, Robert said, Can I bring my Chevy onto the lot? One of the town managers said, You really want to think about trading in. Please think about trading in. And Robert said, Why? Only to find the manager turn away from him. He tracked all the models and all the dealership. And all the cars in the neighborhood came from the same dealership, their leases. The dealership said that's a special deal for Group Haven. They all have leases, and the town covenant says all the cars must be exactly five years old or younger. You can't have anything over five years old, or you must trade it in. And he asked the garden center nearby, he said, yes, we reserve maple trees for Group Haven only. They have only two maple trees, no more and no less. Robert tried to get a ladder and jump over the fence, only to hear a gunshot from the top of the hill, where he promptly backed down and jumped back on his side of the fence. He went inside for the night to watch a basketball game and talk to his wife. The next morning, he found a letter in his mailbox, and he decided to read that and ask about it. What was this deal? And one of the town managers told him, you're not allowed to cross the barbed wire fence. You're not to go up there. We had a story of a kid who went up there and got killed by a large hairy creature, and Robert thought maybe a coyote. But they said, no, it wasn't. Ever since then, we've sent our kids away to a boarding school to be educated, and no one ever crosses this fence. Paula heard of a women's meeting she was invited to. She asked what the purpose of this meeting was, and she said, oh, all the women in town decided we would all get beehive hairdos and have our hair dyed red. Paula said, I don't want my hair dyed red. The girl said, oh, you want to get your hair dyed. For sure you do. And Paula turned away and left. Paula had a little trouble later. She had the habit of home of back in the dusty road. You wear your Turkish amulet and you put sea salt near your door jam and on your windows. She started to put sea salt down on the curb when the doorbell rang. She saw the lady with the red hairdo come to her and greet her by name. Hi, my name is Stephanie Miller. And Paula started to shake her hand and say, nice to meet you again. But the woman looked at the floor. You want to sleep that up right now? You got to sleep that up. Paula said, what? The girl said, but you have salt on the floor. You cannot have dirty floors here. You must sweep and mop immediately. Get this done now. 
Paula looked at her and said, Why don't you shut up, Stephanie? And closed the door on her. The next thing they got was Paula got a threat letter and a request to donate 50 bucks to the city government. And she didn't want to do that. But Stephanie said, the, the 50 bucks is optional, but you are really strongly recommended to pay the donation. Please do that. Apparently it's some kind of trouble to get into, more like a fine. So Robert went outside the next day and put up a pink flamingo and took a baseball bat and dented his mailbox. And he put up a sign saying, no, I will not. And to protest the, the city government. We have this neighborhood covenant here in Group Haven, and it's really, really strict. The next thing that afternoon, Robert heard another gunshot. And he heard something bounce off the roof of the house. When he got there the next day, he found a city crew come by. They dug up the fence post for the mailbox, replaced it, and put up a brand new mailbox in his front driveway. Robert tried to step out and inquire what the new mailbox was about, only to see the town employee turn away and get in his white truck and drive off. And he noticed about 16 of these white trucks patrolling the neighborhood. Everyone looking for violations, everyone looking for damage to the neighborhood. And he found out from a couple townsfolk at the diner, yes, you must order your scrambled eggs as two eggs, a dash of salt, and a bit of ketchup. Everyone gets the exact same order. When you get soda, everyone gets Pepsi. No other sodas allowed. You have to have Pepsi. Robert asked for a Big Red, only to see the cook stare at him, shocked. And one of the town folk come up, gently pat his hand, and say, we would ask you to leave breakfast at this time. Please come back later. So the next time for lunch, Robert came back and ordered Pepsi and two scrambled eggs with ketchup. And he was reminded to get his salt. So Robert accepted his lunch. Apparently the Waffle House there does not allow anything else in Group Haven. A new couple came by and tried to buy a house for their teenage daughter. Robert saw the family and tried to ask about them and ask if they had a good time here. The teenage daughter turned to Robert and said, Hi, big fella. You got a son? <coughs> Excuse me, that cough is getting to me. Robert tried to say, um, No, but I'll talk to my son. Uh, what's your name, ma'am? And the girl said, I don't care what you call me, but for ten bucks I'll do anything you like. About that time, her mom swatted her on the ear and guided her away. Said, you can't act that way in Group Haven. I don't want you embarrassing us. One of the white trucks and stopped to ask if there was any trouble. The dad of the young teenage girl said, no, no trouble. We'll be careful, please. At that time, Robert went home and explained to Paula the situation. Robert said, I don't think we need to bring our son here. Can we finish out our months and go home?
Paula said yes, I highly suggest you get us home in a hurry. Robert drove across town to get fireworks, only to see the white truck meet him at the town limits with a trash bag and said, I highly suggest you will leave these fireworks outside city limits. Just put them next to the state highway and the crews will pick up the trash. Robert started to get upset and say no, but the man in the white coat and the white truck put a hand to his chest and said, No, you must stop here, sir. Please, you must stop. He had some kind of badge with eagle wings on his chest, and Robert saw the look of a law enforcement uniform. He knows it. So Robert put his fireworks in the trash and gave up his recent purchase. It's at that time, no one saw it happen. Paula was inside trying to make a ham sandwich, but the family with the young teenage girl was driving down the road and she was texting and calling to her friends say I'm having a tough time stressed out in this neighborhood I'd like to get some zanies and a little help dealing with the stress here but at that time one of the white trucks happened to heard hear her and the mom was saying how she was feeling a little stressed out herself she wanted to get some strong coffee the girl stopped to ask one of the guys in trucks for a little sex and a chance to make money. It was an hour later that a much stronger unit in a black van came up and Paula heard screaming outside, No! 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 And she saw the young teenage girl picked up by her feet and her arms and being carried inside one of those black vans. She saw the woman cry, and when Paula went to comfort her, the young couple walked away. They were just a little younger than Paula herself, and Paula couldn't say anything to them. But in the paper the next day, there was something about a memorial in the park, and she went there to see a little white cross surrounded by fences, and... Uh, White Rose being set up near it and she learned of something called the White Rose Society and she thought it was a nice peace organization but the folks said no you don't want to know about this we do our work in secret we don't discuss with anyone else and we don't answer questions but Paula saw one of the White Rose Society go up to the young girl's mother and said we're sorry for your loss we understand the grief you must feel but please understand this is better for society. Our entire neighborhood would be better off for the loss of this young girl. And the girl and the woman quietly nodded her head, cried, and didn't say anything. Pretty soon the young couple left the park and went back to their house. It was after that the moving vans came and the couple left town in a hurry. Paula went up to the town manager and asked, what is the meaning of this? How dare you kidnap the kids? The town manager explained, We explained to this couple very early on, there are no children in our village. You know, it's just a behavior thing. There are boarding schools for this. You can send the children away to boarding schools, and they'll be happy. He switched his word and said happy right there. 
So you see how this thing happens. Just send your boy to a boarding school. And Paula said, how did you know about And she said, oh, we know everything about your family. We've heard of Henry already. And Paula started to get upset and livid. And the man cut her off and said, you don't plan to bring any of those zombies to our village, do you? Paula said, no, started to turn away. The man said, we have maple fudge on sale in December. You can buy anything for Christmas you need here. You can send some home to Henry when you want. And then he laughed and said, you have a good time now, Paula. Robert went to the park to try and investigate. He saw no one at the park. There weren't any adults, there weren't any children, no pets, not even a stray cat. He saw the white rose surrounded by the fence and noticed soft dirt and sod placed over it. He picked up a yardstick and shoved it down into the dirt to hit a hard object. And he went home to Paula and said, I believe something is buried under that white rose. And Paula looked shocked and said, oh my God, no. Paula said, have you seen that teenage girl ever since this happened? Robert understood what she was saying and said, no, I think she's under the ground now. A little bit later, while they were watching golf, Robert said, I think I want to buy a cat. We're going to challenge the authority here. And she asked Paul, he asked Paula, go get some gasoline. Have the car with the go bag ready to go in case we need to leave. Robert said, I wish we could leave the dusty road and all the zombies behind. But look what we get into when this happens. Robert drove to the garden center to try and buy some cabbage rose and a cedar tree. But the clerk at the center says, look, buddy, I don't live there. I don't want to. But we know about Groobhaven. And if you go putting a cedar tree in your lawn, you're going to find a big trouble coming to you. So please take my advice. Just go back home. So Robert bought a little 555 and decided to put it on the trees. And the clerk said, that'll be okay. The contractor nearby offered a deal on construction. And they tried to tell Robert that there's no construction allowed in Groobhaven. He said, I read the rules on swimming pools and ponds. There's nothing allowed. But he said, there's nothing wrong with the reflecting pool or a barbecue grill and they told him you must have a brick lined built in barbecue grill or you're not going to have that outside so Robert said okay I want a brick lined barbecue grill I don't care how expensive it is the next day Robert invited a backhoe over and started construction on a reflecting pool and one of the town trucks the white egg trucks reminded him you are to have no construction in your backyard and Robert reminded him, you have no rule against reflecting pools, and there's no fish. Now, won't that reflecting pool look real pretty during the sunlight in the winter? And Robert dug up. The guy in the truck said, we'll see about this, and drove away. Robert found bones. 
I'm not sure what it was. Maybe hand or... Could be arm bones in there. And he tried to show it to Paula. Said, I want to call the state police in on this village. We need to have something to outrank authorities. But the town manager called the city police over and said, We have an ordinance requiring you to fill in this hole immediately. And Robert said, I saw no such ordinance. And the... The city officer showed him a handwritten note and said, We just passed it tonight. You must fill in this reflecting pond immediately. Or you will be required to leave town. Robert started to protest and said, Your wife looks really pretty. I wouldn't want anything to happen to her, do you? So Robert got his cell phone and called the contractor. Let's fill it in. But he got a Ziploc bag and handed the bones over to the state police in town. And the state police promised to look into it. It's at that moment that a gunshot rang out and the officer, officer dropped dead right in front of Robert. And it's at that point Robert called back the state police and reported a shooting in the village. Officer down, you have to get out here immediately. It's at that point he saw a blonde woman he knew very well. Someone far at the town village. It was Tracker. And she goes up to this other blonde woman wearing black, sun, black glasses, suspenders, and a white shirt and black pants. They're both speaking in German, which Robert recognized. The girl says, Wo bist du? The girl in suspenders said, Nix. Ich bin jedermann. I am everyone. The blonde girl Tracker says, Lass mich nicht sterben. The girl shakes hands with Tracker and says, Du bist gestorben na. Tracker says, Nein. And the German girl in suspenders says, Jedermann is tot. Everyone is dead. Du must gehen. She said that loudly. You must leave. And Robert thought they might come following Tracker and walk to the house. Robert went out to meet Tracker, only to find the ghost disappear. The German girl who shouted about people being dead was just a silhouette on the horizon. She did not approach Robert. And Robert just saw a silhouette with no face and no color. Slowly the whole ghost turned black. He waited 20 minutes for the ghost to, for the woman to approach and tried saying, come talk to me, come talk to me, we need your help. But the silhouette woman refused to approach. Robert just heard some German and silence. Robert walked back home and found one of the town managers. He asked about the woman, and the guy said, Do not approach her. Do not talk to her. Robert said, But one of your police officers died here today. And the guy in the white truck said, That is the town chancellor. That is like our mayor here. You do not speak to the town chancellor. 
And Robert said, I'm sure we can work out a deal. Maybe we can change the ordinance. And the guy just turned to him and said, Speak to your own business. She has the gun. It's at that point they started seeing the maple fudge appear, a few German Strasse signs on the streets, and decoration on the houses. People began painting up their houses for Christmas. She heard someone ringing a bell and shouting, Yederman! Yederman! And she saw a man with a top hat walking down the road ringing a bell. Robert took binoculars and walked out to look at the hillside behind the village. He saw what appeared to be a light shining back at him reflect off his coat. And Robert walked inside real quick. Robert looked in carefully and called the state police and asked about it again. And the state police informed him that they'd heard of a threat against Robert's life. So Robert packed up his things and helped Paula pack the house. They discussed the electronics and said, put it up for sale, just leave this village immediately. By dawn the next day, they skipped breakfast, packed their house, and ran back to the dusty road. Just as he's leaving, he sees a blue car and sees the woman with the suspenders and the white shirt sitting by the roadside. She's in a blue car. Paula turned to say hi, and the woman said, Du bist tot. And she just drove out of town. Robert sped up and left. After that, they heard not a phone call, not a text message, anything from Groobhaven. They got a check from the town manager that said, We sold off your electronics and vacated the premises. We have a new lease on your property. Your lease is now terminated. After that, Robert moved back into his house on the dusty road. Robert went up to Naomi's cafe and told about the Pepsi and said, Naomi said, they must think you're from out of town. They don't like red soda there. This was a kind of fine run away from the dusty road. I must shamelessly admit, this was taken by inspiration from the Stepford Wives tale back in the 60s, where they had all the families perfect, all the wives perfect, Everyone did things exactly the same. And like several small towns I know, everyone in Groobhaven all likes to do exactly the same thing. They eat all the same food, and they have their houses painted all the same way. That's what this very strict neighborhood covenant is all about. And in case you're wondering, yes, the girl kidnapped was executed and buried in the town park. There really isn't much to play with in the town park. There's no children there. But there's a lot of white crosses there. It is advised that you do not ask about this, and you do not ask for the town chancellor. You never know what you will find on the dusty road, or outside of it for that matter.